Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. If you're curious about some of the topics discussed during this podcast, please check out the show notes at runninginsideoutpodcast.com. And if you want to know a little bit more about the guests on the show, be sure to check out the runner pages also on the website. This episode will be a bit unique in that it's full of, hmm, let's say, ambiance. It was recorded on location in the city of Rochester, so it has a bit of a urban flair. Also, other than the, um, the few times when planes were flying immediately directly above our head, uh, it has not been edited for content. So it's going to have a, a bit of salty language that may not be appropriate for more sensitive ears. Nothing crass, mind you, but uh, an occasional adult word here or there. Um, but I felt it was important to keep the show as intact as it could be, given uh, given the conversation. Um, so, with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of Rochester, New York runners. For this episode, we deviate from our normal format in so much as a... Uh, podcast with two episodes can be said to have a normal format. Um, We're just going to have one featured interview today, and that's with Jamie Hobbs and Mike Weldon, who is Jamie's pacer, uh, for an in-depth discussion on the Laurel Highlands Ultra. This is a 37-year-old race that takes place in Ohio Pile, Pennsylvania, exclusively on one trail, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, it's a Western States qualifier, which means that if you finish this race, you are then able to apply for a lottery, uh, apply in the lottery for the Western States 100, which just took place this last weekend, which is only the equivalent of the Super Bowl of 100 mile trail races. Um, so finishing this would be good for Jamie in that he could then put in for that. So Mike Weldon, whom you might remember from our episode one roundtable, shares some experience from what seems to be his uh, rapidly expanding body of knowledge regarding being a crew member and pacer. Uh, And Jamie shares his highs, his lows, his in-betweens, and a lot of honest thoughts about what it's like to compete for the first time at the 70-mile distance. There's some really great stuff in here, so let's get to it. I was reading about, uh, I was actually, when we were driving down to Pennsylvania, Uh I drove past Laurel, Mm -hmm. you know, because we went to Westchester. Okay. So I drove right past it, and I'm like, I wonder if Jamie and Mike are here yet, but we went down on Thursday. No. And when when did you guys, you guys went down Friday? We went down Friday. Friday. We didn't actually get to... Ohio pile the race start until like evening time yeah. Friday. Just in time to get rain down. the sky like completely <laughs> open. <the> <laughs> right, completely <laughs> rained down. Um, we had like we were driving there and I'm like I said to Summer, um, there's a big red dot coming. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I said, but uh it looks like it's gonna skirt right across, you know. And yeah. it and it did. It just went north of Westchester and just went Where's Westchester? Um, right Delaware. Okay. Like right, I actually when I go on runs there, I run into Delaware. The in on the border with Delaware, or yeah. like okay. yeah, it's right south southwestern PA. 
southeastern PA. South yeah, so you had you had to be east of us. Just a little. Because we're kind of more, more like central. Yeah. PA. Yeah. So this the other thing about this race I noticed was it. Um, it's a like a paper form, right? Like you, yeah. you fill in an application. Old school. Old school. And it says by by December tenth. Well, something like that. So when I signed up for it, um, I think it varies year to year. And so what I I like looked at the website one week, and then I looked at another, and there was just like nothing. It was from still from twenty fourteen, uh, and there was no registration form available. And I logged on the next week and looked at it, and the registration form was available. And just it like, just said, yeah, it just said <laughs> signed in this form. It didn't say like there's a deadline to send it in. It just did. There was no announcement that it was up. It was just there. So and so, I just printed it out and and filled it in and signed because sent my check in. I read it said like first hundred and thirty. That's that's yeah. what we do. We have no lottery. Right. I anything. think that. They went years, and I mean, the, ride, the race is really old. It, for like a, thirty-five ultra, years 30, old, yeah, right? exactly. And so, so how did you hear about it? I partly knew about it because it was a um, Western States qualifier. Um, I think I partly knew about it because I just heard on a Medved run. I think it was Dennis mentioning it at some point. Yeah, saying, oh, it sounds like a really great race because you get up on this ridge and you're just up on the ridge the whole time. And, blah, blah, blah. and I just overheard it. And I, I wasn't really in a conversation with him. I just overheard him talking about it and I looked it up. And so it was just on my radar after that. Um, so it's it's 35 years old. You have yeah. to check in on the website yeah. randomly to see when they open right. up. I think, I think back in the day, it used to be like, you know, 30 people showed up or 10 right. people showed up or whatever. So they never had Never had an about. issue. And then past 10 years or so, it started selling out. Right. And they, so they installed a cap and then they just, instead of like doing a lottery or like, I don't know, normalizing, they just made it kind of secret process. Right, <laughs> like, well, I like, guess that's... The rewards. Yeah. And maybe there's some process by which the people who actually know or locals and know it Maybe they have some word of mouth about when it's actually going to happen, but for the rest of the world, that you know that there's a race that a friend of mine up in Vermont runs, and uh, he had said they don't, they don't let anybody know that mm-hmm. the race is you know registering or whatever. It's just people start to register, yeah, and then eventually they hey I registered, and then it, it fills up right like, organically. Uh huh. So I don't know. Maybe that's their technique of. Not having the way through, you know, postage, uh, posted dates, you know, right. at, the, at the post office. Yeah. <clears throat> My understanding was that last year it sold out like within a week. I think this year it took a little bit longer, but not, not much. Have you tried to get into it before? No. So first year you tried to get into a race that has 130 yeah. spots and you get in. Yeah. Phew, damn. And I think it was just luck of when I looked at the website. That's cool. So, you and Mike go down on Friday night, got a nice cabin, and apparently everybody in the race is also hanging out at the cabin. I don't know if everybody in the race was there, but everybody that was in the place was (laughs) (laughs) there for the race. Yeah. Um, It was right, like, two blocks from the race start, which is perfect. Did it seem like everybody there knew each other, or were you all there kind of first time just meeting each other? No, we met a guy 
actually like later in the night that had done the race I think a few times and kind of picked his brain for a bit um, and then there was a group above us uh, that had like 10 or 12 people um, male and female that were all running I think one of them was actually the, the dude with the weed at the aid station so <laughs> yeah we'll say we'll, we'll save, we'll like, save that running, story until we get to that aid yeah. station um, that's fun I think he was in that group uh so it's probably better that we didn't meet them that night. Yeah. <laughs> shit could have gotten ugly. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know, accommodations were sweet. And like I said, it was a, not even a minute walk to the start. Yeah. Once we found out where we were going, it was dark. So actually, yeah. the morning of, weren't quite sure exactly where yeah. the start was. We were kind of wandering around in the morning, but... The town, the town is like, a, it's like six feet long. Yeah, that I means it's just like a pile, pile box, right? Yeah. It's just a pile. A couple of buildings, <laughs> some restaurants. And, yeah. So that's what I was going to ask. How much, like, it's a, it's kind of a quiet race. Not real. How much recon or how much did you know about the course? Um, I think a relatively good amount, although it's always hard to tell. Just, I mean, I never set foot on the course, which is the best way to know a course, obviously. But like... I read quite a few race reports. I looked at maps. I looked at people's elevation profiles from their race reports and from the website. And it's it's just hard to get a clear idea. You know, you know, one race report would say everything was runnable, mm-hmm. and another race report would say, oh, it's all super rocky and technical. <clears throat> and Which is runnable for <laughs> right, exactly. Person, right? So these descriptions overlap depending on the person you're talking to, and. There's a DEC elevation, DEC, it's probably Pennsylvania Department of Parks, I don't know what it's called, Pennsylvania. They have a map with an elevation profile that makes it look like you just go up a couple big climbs and then it's all flat, and then it's a descent. And then you look at other elevation profiles that are different scale and they look like, you know, it's all jagged in the middle. So I just really wasn't quite positive of what to expect. So then, Mike, you were doing both crew and then eventually doing pacing. So yep. crewing, you got to beat him to the spot. How much did you know about the no, area? It's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> there's, like, the, the driving, because the trail obviously goes directly through, you know, on a point-to-point, the drive would be much longer than what he would be running. So if the segment was, you know, six miles from one aid station to the next, I would have to drive like 20 miles and though the instructions on the website are very well written and concise things in in real life aren't like they'd be like park at the pavilion and they'd put a name there and you see a pavilion and it's not the name so a guy like me that wants things to be exact keeps driving Uh, a professional a professional planner so so i'm like that's not the pavilion listed here so i'm gonna keep driving and i drive for like 20 minutes and then it turns out there's no you know, a certain pavilion. degree of ambiguity to the whole thing and there's no pavilion so I you know I turn around and then I'm like running up the trail carrying a bag full of shit with my UFO sandals on uh, and you know that was the nature of the whole day just it was much easier when I was pacing I could kind of abandon the the stress of hoping that I wouldn't miss him there was a lot of like get to a road crossing where you don't know if that's where you're supposed to actually be and then just sitting there and like praying that other people's crew shows up and then they inevitably do and then you're like good uh hopefully jamie didn't go by already 
and then it would get kind of weird because you're like, if he did go by, I'm probably going to miss him at the next one too, and then it turns into Bear Mountain where you've got a runner that's like 28 miles without seeing you, and that's obviously no good. Uh, but it all worked out. It worked really. out perfectly. I, I, I got to say, Mike was there standing at the at the road crossing or trailhead every single time. Every I time, there. yeah. I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> you I was know, freaking out. I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I knew anything could happen. I was going to say, you've had... So, I mean, obviously, um, Sega Honda is a whole different crewing experience. You yeah. got one road. You can't make no, a wrong turn. Yeah, that, that's the easiest. I, that's what I was right? kind of hoping for. I was like, this <laughs> point to point, this is easy. But you've had yeah. you've had now four races where you yeah. were crewing. You had Bear Mountain, Sega Honda, Cayuga, and then Laurel. Yeah. And let's you know Cayuga we had a full team and we yeah, that, that's, we had Matt Bertrand, the, on the, the yeah, expert get, navigator you get eyes on things and, and Cayuga you, you get really every the entire course is accessible by roads that are two yep. miles apart from each other yep. it's, it's you know figurative it's easy and uh, you're going through the same aid stations multiple yeah, times yeah multiple right? times yeah. and Laurel is so and you just got you just gotta remember the pattern and Matt oh, yeah. being being a big giant running nerd he, he remembered the yeah. pattern. He's yeah. like, nope, this one, we go left, then we go right. This yeah. one, we go right, and we go left. Yeah. I can't say a lot about, like, the, the first wives club at Laurel, where it was, like, everybody's wife was their crew, except for me, where I was just, like, <laughs> yeah. the Mike guy. was my wife. I was the he, was at least, he was at least wearing women's clothes. And then there was, yeah, and then there was the, the Dr. Dre guy that was, uh, he was there, too, at all of them. And, and you know, the top ten runners, we, we would run into each other at, at each aid station and kind of use each other to, to make sure we were on the right track. Uh, and so that's that was going to be my, my next thing was that for Bear Mountain and Laurel, you're chasing a guy who's running up front. For for Sega Honda, you know, he's in the middle of the pack. And so when everybody else starts moving in the next place, you go, okay, I'm in the right. I'm, but with Cayuga, we were, we were always in the mix. Sometimes, though... We were there by ourselves going, did she come through? The better part, yeah, the better part about Laurel is there's obviously no live tracking. Uh, there was no room for error on that. Like, Higa mm-hmm. was weird because the live tracking has Could consistently fallen short. And yeah. it's like, you know, we get to a place and, you know, the, the internet says she went through a half hour ago. Yeah. But it's, it just doesn't yeah. feel right. Whereas, you know, Laurel, you're like, you know, you do the math, like, what pace was he running? What does the elevation profile on my phone look like? Could he have done this and you know at ten minute pace, uh, what have you? And it, you know, unfortunately, it all worked out. Uh, so were you were you at all making plans, Jamie, for him to not be there? Did you have anything on there in case things went squirrely? Yeah, I mean, I had, I had, pretty much at all times throughout the race, I had a couple packets of Tailwind in my pockets. I was carrying either one or two water bottles the whole way, and. I had goos and a couple of packets of Tailwind that could get me to the next aid station at least. They weren't going to get me the whole way through the race. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, you it, to, if I missed yeah. him one or two aid stations, it wasn't <clears> going to be a disaster. And, you know, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm flexible enough that if I have to get go on what's up the aid stations or something like that, I wasn't going to, like, freak out or... That should be part of the adventure, I think, of trail racing. Like, yeah. if shit does go south, then you should be able to work with what's available to you. Right. Um, I think what worked well was, like, Jamie has four handhelds. And uh, right. it was easy for me to be able to have two full, two out on the trail, 
a gel in the pocket on each one regardless and like always be able to you know and then you can halfway through the race you know put put that in the blender bottle and just you know it was easy to have all this stuff ready to go it made transitions pretty smooth uh eight station transitions can occupy like an hour or two of, of even a 50 mile or so it's um, yeah. you know it's kind of nice to have enough gear to make that sort of thing work I think the biggest issue, if Mike wasn't there at one of those aid stations, would have been just the mental aspect of, like, what's going on? Is he lost? Is he... Did my car break down? Did something... Just, did a disaster happen? Giving you a nice distraction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Times maybe that would be something good to think about. But, you know, but you know, isn't, that, isn't that a little bit strange, though? Because, like, you could go on a 20-mile training run by yourself and not... Whatever, you're by yourself. You yeah. know you got 20 miles out in the woods yeah. and you're going to come back. It's so strange when you you think, oh, wait, they're going to be up ahead at four miles. I'm going to see everybody. Hooray. Yeah. And then nobody's there and you're like, aw. <laughs> but, but you've run 20 miles by yeah. yourself before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, let's go back. Now that we've started to talk about some of the logistics, yeah. let's go back to the start. You started at night. You weren't sure. Five and five thirty in the morning. Right, so it's yeah. dark. You're not quite yeah. sure where the start line is, and you know, yeah. you're just wanting. But there's a group of you, right, from the race. So. Yeah, it's like a parking lot full of headlamps. Yeah, once so we found that, saw the lights, yeah. realized that was where the parking lot was, and we walked over there. It's right next to the. There's some like white water and some waterfalls right near the start, and a little park for the town. Yeah, it was pretty it's nice actually. Nice, I mean, nice I think spot. When the race started, I was like trying to Instagram some shit and. It was too dark, and then they were like, "Yeah, you know." At least, and then Jamie was gone, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and that's it, right? Jamie. They had a little prayer. Yeah, yeah there was a pre-race. Pre-race prayer, yeah. which Mike and I kind of rolled our eyes during, but that's okay. Um, Roll your eyes. It's like a half, reference. half mile of road. Yeah, I was actually curious halfway. about that. I didn't get to see any of that. Really yeah, nice. so it's a half mile of like, park path and road cross a train track and then you take a right and it's quickly like a gravel and dirt road and then you're on trail and it's rocky and like it, I didn't bring a headlamp for the first because I knew it was going to be light within a half an hour or so um, and it got rocky enough that in that first or the second mile I was like oh, maybe I should have brought a headlamp Yeah. but um, it worked out and now do you line up right at the very front of the line you a little like maybe like the second line of people or something. i think that race didn't have like a dense front line no it, it didn't have a dense like front line. races like that i know historically at least ones i've done aside from like bandera where it's like Meltzer and kennedy and like the big guys up front like people kind of just chill right well i was wondering if you didn't line up up front and there's a couple people with headlamps yeah. you just sort of follow the headlamps that's kind of yeah i, I kind of wanted to be right around some other people with headlamps yeah i remember like yeah because you handed me the headlamp before the race started and the goal was to not need it again right which was either because nice, I, yeah, I left it in the car and it wasn't going to be an option but um yeah, I think the guy that ended up probably leading for 60-something miles probably went out first, I think. Yeah. Off the front, the yeah. shirtless guy there. Yep. Um, so, when we got to the part where it kind of turns into a 6- or 10-foot wide trail, so, like, more than enough room for a couple of people, 
Um, this is still the first two miles before you start really climbing. The people who were not right up against the front of the line all started catching up, and a lot of them started passing me. And I felt like I'm going out as a really comfortable, good pace, you know. Comfortable for me, but not a pace that anyone's going to maintain for the rest of this race. <laughs> Why are people just blowing by me? You know, and I just thought I was getting a little, I don't know, if I was frustrated or just kind of like, I just knew that it was going to bottleneck. And I knew that all these people were going to be in front of me that were running now at a pace that was not sustainable. And I just thought... Was it just that or they get in your headspace and you're like, man, maybe there's some... No, I wasn't worried about it at all. I didn't even think that... I just thought, this is silly. Why are you people going this fast? And sure enough, we get to the first climb and it was a bottleneck. And... I mean, it wasn't a big deal because I didn't want to be running fast at that point anyway. But it was just... I don't know just stood out to me it might be good to take the first climb slow maybe yeah. <laughs> well i mean the guy that the guy that we talked to the night before was very very like i mean his knowledge of the course was immense and he was very good at talking about it um and he i mean he said he described himself as being a like a back middle pack guy he uh he's done Cayuga this year he did Cayuga. he's yeah you know he's done a lot of races and has i ended up reading his race report after you know, we went to bed that night, and it was very descriptive, and he was very much like, just hit these things really slow, uh, and I noticed, um, you know, there was everybody that came through first, and they had, like, you were top seven or eight, I think, coming through the first aid station, maybe, uh, there was a group, and you could kind of see, like, who had worked the hardest as they were coming through, and who would hit those perhaps too hard, um, I don't know, they, they kind of wear that sort of strain on them as they come through the edge. I, I know what that strain looks <laughs> like. I'm <laughs> familiar with this. But then you start to not see them again, really, uh, as as the race goes on. But the guys that came through later, um, the, you know, the guys that would finish uh, two, three, four throughout the day, you could tell those guys had taken it more easy, uh, you know, in the beginning on the early climb. So when you, say, when you say you were running at a, a good pace, what, what was that pace for the first couple miles into the first climb? You know, I'm not really sure. I, I think it was around... Look, the first two miles or so, maybe two, three miles, are, are relatively flat. Fast. And so it's relatively fast, but I think I was running between 8 and 10 minute pace. Nothing, mm -hmm. not, I'm not sprinting by any means. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's rocky enough and it's dark enough that... You want to sort of pick your feet, right, and save yourself. You know? But you're not huffing and puffing. You're running no. comfortable, right, and thinking about what you have to do for the rest yeah. of the whole day. Yeah. The um, the first eleven miles are where the majority of the elevation gain in the in the race are. So after that first two or three miles, there are three sharp, consistent climbs. You know, the first two I think maybe are like. In the area of 600 feet of elevation gain, and then the last one is like maybe 1,500 feet of elevation gain, uh, all in succession, with a steep downhill after that. I, they're not the majority of the elevation gain, but it's the most concentrated elevation gain, I guess, for the whole day. And so, and that all happens in the first 11 miles. Yeah, it was way more than anything I saw. Yeah, and so, so when you're doing those, you're you're up front. So when I if I come up and I hit a 600 foot climb. 
uh-huh. in the very front of an all-day affair, uh-huh. I'm hiking up that. Yeah. I'm not running up it. What about yeah. you? No, that's I, that was my my strategy throughout the day was, uh, you know, and I decided on that beforehand. I was just gonna hike those those three climbs, um, and pretty much hike almost every climb throughout the day, uh, figuring that there'd be a good amount of uh, runnable grade stuff that's just close to flat or flat, mm-hmm. and a good amount of downhill that I could just hammer the downhills, run the flats comfortably, and the, the uphills, if I walked or hiked them, I was not going to be losing against anybody. I certainly wasn't, and I was going to be not wearing myself out. So that was what I did. I think, I don't know, maybe early. I don't have a perfect memory, but maybe I ran a little bit of the beginnings of the uphills or something like that early in the day. And maybe my definition of what counted as a walkable uphill, well, actually, I'm sure that my definition of what went from runnable to, to walk, you know, got easier. <laughs> yeah, but then, yeah, I mean, later we'll touch down on some stuff from the end of the race. Yeah, there was, some, like a... there was some shit that we hit late in the race that was pretty significant. And, you yeah. know, there was some running going on where it was, but then you're in, like, you know, predatory mode and there's right, you're, people you can see people you're starting you, to think about you, places are i don't need to before. save anything anymore yeah and then yeah and then so there's you know some more running to be done right. but those were there were some good climbs for those later. big long climbs though in the beginning though my thinking was i'm just gonna all i'm gonna do by running up these is burn up spike my heart rate burn up energy that i need to save yeah and i would be much better off hiking them and then Letting myself run on the flats and the downhills. And you're not worried about people running past you. You're not. No. You're not. You're just thinking about yourself. And that wasn't the right. maybe. You know, I don't know if I would have second guessed that if people were blazing past me. But and I was just kind of like at a moderate hike up those hills. No one was around me. I don't know. I mean, just like so. As as you're going, you go through these first three climbs. That's eleven miles. That takes you about. And not two hours into the race? A little more than that, I think. It was uh, yeah. maybe two and a half to 11. Yeah. So I was definitely going it conservative. Was and that was a slow year. The, uh, yeah. the first relay guy came flying through, and he looked, you know, some fit young dude, great form, comes busting through, and people were like, oh, shit. And then nobody really knew how to distinguish relay runners until somebody was like there's an r on the bib uh yeah it's pretty obvious at that point but it was um he uh the the guy comes through and that it was i think he was like 10 minutes ahead of first place from solo and then big gap between two and three and then i think you were four or five there was you know i had this stuff written down somewhere um but there was uh and i stuck around for one or two after you just so I could you know keep, yeah. keep track of you know where your placement was but he yeah it was two two and a half I think it was a slower year because the humidity right um and I remember the guy that the guy that was working aid one as the race director for mega transect which is probably how Dennis knew about the race because I think he's done mega and this guy was awesome he's getting everybody ripped up he's like making us practice cheering when people are coming through and nobody was really doing anything and he was like come on guys uh and then the relay guy goes through and he's like i think that was relay so it's okay that you weren't that loud but 
there's going to be a solo runner at some point, so, you know, get ready. Um, but then, yeah, there was some, like, okay, this is a slower year, so 230-ish, maybe. Uh, two, yeah. Two, and, uh, and then it got significantly quicker after that uh, between eight stations. But that's and what one, I had planned was 230 or so for the first 11 miles. Yeah. Knowing that there slower. were going the humidity, I think. Humidity. I mean, yeah, some of it might have been the, the the people who were signed up. I mean, I mean, you came through sweating like I mean, you look you didn't look fatigued, but you were just you know dripping, dripping. sweat. And I was and like later in the day, and at that point I had a hoodie. I think I took your Zane Gray coat because I was like, yeah, that's right. I was cold. I was like, man, right. it's cold out here. Uh, but I, I couldn't. The air so thick that I. It was basically like a hundred percent humidity. Yeah. Like it had, it had been a, a torrential thunderstorm the night before it was like a hurricane came through um mm-hmm. but it didn't yeah, it was nasty it didn't drop the temperature that much and it just made everything wet and so like throughout the day there's just so much humidity in the air and there's so much evaporating off the ground that it was just wet and like i mean there are points when you would be up on the ridge and you were just basically in a cloud you know, you just could see the humidity around you. No, and that's because you couldn't that see. That was like one of the noteworthy things about driving from aid one to aid two, where some of these ups and downs on these windy dirt roads are like, when you're in a cloud, I couldn't see anything. I was right. like, I'm gonna crash this dude's car. I'm gonna get to aid two on foot right. and be like, I just totaled your car. Like, um, the car's know, fine. Have a good Keep race. <laughs> I'm missing my arm, but, I, you know. It wasn't disastrous yet at that point for running because the temperature hadn't was still moderate, but it was definitely humid and you knew yeah, it. It's a lot of running. sweat. And yeah. so, real sweat. real quick, I know we're not talking about Zane Gray, but, I mean, you ran a 50-miler yeah. with some elevation and some climbing just recently yeah. before this. Now, obviously, fitness-wise, it helped, but... Yeah. Arizona's dry, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. so, Zane Gray, pretty dry race, a right. whole different environment, right? right? Like now you're running through the Amazon rainforest. Yeah, exactly. It felt <laughs> like you're in the rainforest, because a lot of this, uh, the ground cover at Laurel is like high trees with like just ferns underneath, or mountain laurel underneath that's like dripping wet, and it just felt like you were in this like dense, like rainforest. Because everything's dripping and everything's green and everything's covered with with moisture and stuff like that, but it's yeah, it was definitely a contrast. So at so you come through a two, you're two and a half hours. You're you're that's a one. Right, one long. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So you're you're at two and a half hours, eleven miles in. You're up in the top ten. I think Are Mike you, tells me I'm in fifth. Yeah, which I didn't really care about. I didn't want to know. I just want to know that I was relatively on my pace. But but did you want to know like? hey there's 20 relay runners ran past you you know like is it good to know that you're running in fifth i mean not was that, it was not it at that point in the race it wasn't bad or good it didn't matter that much to me um you know at that point in the race 11 miles into a 70 mile race i knew that like it was uh a long time before it was gonna matter you know i knew that the uh, positions were going to change a lot. The the person who was in first could be, could have a blow up at mile thirty, or I could have a, mi- a blow up at mile thirty. You know, like it just dropped a handle. I think. I did. I Go did drop a handle. Yeah. So at that point, I maybe was not feeling the heat yet, and not realizing how much I was sweating because I did yeah, drop a handle. I mean, that's that was the one thing. He was like, "I'll just take one this time," and I was like, "You know, whatever. Uh, right. Not a big deal this early." But there was a ton of sweat. 
Yeah. Uh, and I would know later in the day as I'm just standing there like saturated, um, just from trying to crew. So that so that's but, you know, to me this this is a, a really interesting thing, which is. You you hear a lot about people saying you know um, anytime you read a book about some elite or some really well known person they talk about how they picked up their pacer and their pacer starts either barking orders at them or starts giving them demands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you guys talk about any of that before the race? Did you set up any sort of agreements or you're just like, no. dude, you're no. you're gonna be there and then soon no. enough like I mean that, wanna... that's jumping into mile forty six. Well, we I guess what that. I was saying is you, you, you made a decision to drop oh, a handle. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? So you made a decision to drop a handheld. Yeah. Well, that becomes, you know, that's my, you know, there's there's people that'll probably crew one way, and then there's maybe yeah. just because my experience as a runner just being like, there's not a lot that anyone's going to say to me right. at any point in a race in which I'm going to let that override the way that I'm feeling. Right. So I'm not going to be able to say to Jamie, no, take this handheld, you're going to want it. Well, uh, and that's what like, I mean. Like, did yeah. did you decide, like, you know, there's... I'm going to go in this room and close the door, and whatever you hear, don't open it. <laughs> it's, probably, like, it's probably just because we run enough together, and we, like, we've known each other long enough. Yeah. And I'd, like, you know, I'm, There's nothing I'm going to say that's going to influence something. We'll talk about later Mike, on. Mike, trust my judgment, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and that's yeah. fine. I, I was wondering if there I was... I don't think I was making a mistake that was disastrous, disastrous yeah. enough that like yeah. Yeah. called for an intervention. No, no, I'm just wondering if you even said No, but that, I mean, to that up. point, there, I think there are people that have crew that they will kind of, like, allow to uh, intervene with their decision-making yeah. process in, in some right. capacity. Well, there's people but. that set forth a plan, like, I'm going to have two gels here, and I'm going to yeah. drink, you yeah. know, this much, and I'm going to do this. Yeah. Make sure I do that. And that's the, the, the distinct difference, I think... And a lot of, like, trail ultras is, you know, where it's a long day, regardless of where you're going to finish in that, like, you know, a, a Western States or something, 14, 15-hour winter, that's a long day. Shit can change so dramatically. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I was waiting for, yeah. Um, I just got distracted by the soundtrack. Uh, if you want to break it down for a minute, dude, you can break it down. Uh, I wanted to. I was like, oh, this, is, this is great. Um, yeah, like th- things can change, and the the mood can change, and everything can change. And there's probably people that run so um, so according to a plan that they might need like a reminder to stay on track with that. But right, well, like, they might. Jamie's you know, not that I don't. I want to put that out of my brain. Yeah. yeah. So when I show up, you tell me what's good for me. Uh, yeah. Like there's that, and then there's, you know, like you said, you're you're a couple miles in, you know what the heck you're doing. So, right. I guess my question was, you know, this is a big affair. I mean, yeah. you know, you're going down. You're not just running a 10k and deciding yeah. if you're going to stop at a water stop. Yeah. So I was wondering if there was, you know, sort of a setup there. But yeah, we can kind of move past that. I'm sure we'll yeah. come to it again. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's important for a lot of people to, to you know, people that are introductory. Ultra yeah, stuff. so there are, um, the distance, I knew ahead of time the distances between the aid stations varied a lot. I mean, the first one is 11 miles, which is pretty long for any race, right? Yeah. Um, although, early in a race, it's a good time to have a long, a long Rather run, have you know? at the beginning than yeah. at the end, right? Um, and I knew the, the next one after that was eight, so it was a lot shorter than the first, not a lot, but still pretty long. But I was just like, I can make it eight miles with one handheld, especially while it's still cool. 
And well, the eight mile gaps are still at 10, 11 minute pace as opposed yeah. to later when it's like fatigue sets in. Right. Eight miles becomes longer. Yeah, exactly. Because it's early in the race. I'm still moving pretty well. Uh, then they start going to like six and five for a while. And then there are some long ones here and there later in the day where I definitely needed two. And at one point, after maybe one or two <laughs> more stops where I carried one, Mike was like, you still go with one? And I was like, yeah. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, nudge, it, wasn't, nudge. it wasn't like, you was, should take I mean, two. It was late. We were running out just, of two. I think I ran out of two at one point, and these were... Yeah. Uh, and I... So I don't know if it was that first one that I took one, or maybe the second one after that, maybe it started to warm up. But I definitely ran dry a couple miles before the the next stop and that's I started to get a little behind and there wasn't any urination going on either I think there was like yeah once during the race right. if I remember was... yeah twice I think maybe during the yeah. whole day but you know that was the first time I started one of those I don't remember one of those first few aid stations where I was only taking one where I started to feel like I was running behind and I was like okay around that same time Mike was like Right. You want to take two for this next one? And then I was like, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. So you're, so at, you know, at about mile 20 or so, right, you've yeah. come out of eight two. That's eight two, right. You're eight three, you're going to go through with Mike still crewing. You're going to pick him up at eight four, right? Is that about? I don't remember now. Four to six or five, I think. Yeah. yeah. So when you're running up there, up, up front, you're, you're again, five, seven, by, between by seven, 19, five, three, two. By 19, I was two. Right. So, so are you are you around people at that point? Is like the guys a minute or two behind you, a minute two in front of you? Or? They might have been for all I knew, but I had no idea. But so you're pretty much by around. after between mile eleven and mile nineteen, I passed a few people, or enough people that I moved from wherever I was, maybe fifth place, I moved into second place. Mm -hmm. From that point, whenever I passed into second place in that gap, from there until mile 46 when I picked up Mike or just a couple miles before mile 46 I didn't see a soul didn't see I, I might have seen a couple <clears throat> relay people actually and, so, and known that they were relay people there was two relay guys that yeah. were you could tell they were relay I mean because so they just went blazing past me <clears throat> yeah. and I looked back and I saw they had no and that's what I was going to ask like yeah. you know this person's obviously not right. there wasn't and then some of them even said that they're like yeah. they come by me flying and I'm just like I look at them and they're just like. There was one light that did that. I got fresh legs. I'm like, oh, I'd like some fresh legs. So, is that frustrating to you? No. I think it's awesome. That I think doesn't it's matter. Like, yeah, like it's fun. I mean, it's if they're marked, it's great. Yeah. The only time it's not. I always felt like so. I I don't do a lot of these, and I'm gonna stop saying the S word because it seems like I talk about Sega Honda every day. Uh huh. Um, That's fine. But I always felt like they should be marked on their back. I feel like a, nice. a relay runner should just yeah. just put a little R on your back. I mean, or most give them a little belt or something. Particular road marathoning, yeah. where there's a relay option, I yeah. think that can be very distracting. They they people. almost are always using a a bib belt anyway because yeah. they got to pass the timing chip. Yeah. yeah, you know, so it's just like <clears throat> put put a little R flag on the on the back of the timing belt. Le right? I think through through a trail seventy miler, like relay runners become very obvious. Which will, right. like, later we'll talk about the kid that comes by and ended up finishing second that may as well have started the race. He looked like a relay runner. He looked like he wasn't even a relay runner. This right. kid just walked onto the course at 64 or something and just 
jogged it in. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, this guy's Maybe he did like Rosie Ruiz. I was, expecting, that's I was expecting him to be like, relay runner fresh, because the guy came by right before that was like, good job, guys. We, we can't find his GPS his, data. Yeah, he's like, I'm just a relay runner. And that was, that was like the resounding theme of the day. It was like, yeah. at the aid stations, like, don't worry, guys, I'm just relay. And, uh... <clears throat> distinct difference between solo and relay coming through each aid station yeah and that kid looked very relay good for him right? yeah. good for him oh, it was yeah, astounding awesome. that kid blew my mind but yeah because i hadn't seen him all I, I never saw that kid he must have just played it so comfortably but so the first time between 19 and 46 when i picked mike up wow, 27 miles you don't see the first anything. time i see somebody and I, each time i went through an aid station someone would tell me okay you're second your second, nice job. I stopped seeing people too. Right. So you were you had a good lead. So the first time I, I saw somebody was probably about mile forty four. I was, there was a log down across the trail, and I climbed over it. Um, and it, you know, definitely slowed me down. Ran a, fifty feet, and I looked back, and there was someone else climbing over it. Wow. And I well, thought, you so you oh, climbed well, down. Well, there's number slowly. three. Yeah. <laughs> so you, did, you didn't exactly <laughs> jump over the line. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, and then I that put a little step, uh, pep in my step, although I just knew that, you know, it was pointless to, like, try to put a gap on them right there, you know. But still but a, 20, you decide, still like, a marathon to go, basically. Did you decide you're going to hang with them? Like, if he, if he passes you... What do you do? Do you stay on his shoulder to not give up a spot? Or do you just keep no. running your race? So, yeah, my, I had, my goal was to run my race. And so it's a, it's a tough, it's tough psychologically when you see someone passing you or, or whatever, you pass somebody or you see somebody up ahead of you who you can pass and you just want to run your race. It's tough to maintain that goal. And so mm-hmm. when I say I put a pep in my step, I'm like, that. that's kind Change, of against my race plan. Sort of adjusting. You know, I'm just trying to, like, trying to resist that urge. Like, yeah. I don't want to, like, start running really hard right now just to fight off this guy mm-hmm. and then a pay for of, it later. So a lot of people say just to run my race. So, yeah. like, that that's obviously personal to you. Like, me running my race is personal to me. So. Uh-huh. What what did it mean for you to run your race? Like what? Uh, so ahead of time, I, I put together kind of a set of times at which I would need to be at each of the major checkpoints in order to run 14 hours. 14. I thought 14 hours looking at the pass was a totally reasonable goal. I thought I could run ahead of it, but I, I just thought... 70 miles, I have no idea what's going to happen after 50 miles. Uh, that's to expect more than 14 hours is to, you know, buy so, more than I could chew. So, this is your first race at this distance. Yeah. You're not thinking about place right. and you're not thinking about other people. It's you're just thinking. Too. It's like 20 more miles. Right. Yeah. Not, right. Not, I'm thinking, like, I want to finish. I want to finish in a reasonable time and I want to finish in a respectable condition I don't want to like come yeah. you know stumble through the last 20 miles right. in like this disastrous state but right? so earlier you mentioned you knew about it because it was a western states qualifier yeah. but you're not going in there going I'm going to qualify for western states like I, I'm going to finish this thing up front pour it all out there 
I'm going to win this thing or I'm going to place in the top three. Not at all. You were just saying, I'm going to run a 70-mile race. Right. And I'm going to do it well. Yeah. According to my standards, my which, standards which is 14 there. hours. Yeah. Um, look, you know, obviously, looking at the past times, I thought I would have loved to run a 12-hour time or something like that on a good cold day or something like that. Or 12, 12 hours for 70 miles, no joke. Yeah, exactly. I've run... I had... I've run three fifty milers going into this, and I've uh, only run run them basically right around all three of them right around eleven hours, which I think is a slow time for me for fifty miles on the right course. But all three of those are really tough courses. The first one I chalk up to like not being experienced enough for the distance. The other two I chalk up to just being like really tough courses. Um, I think eleven hours is not a respectable time. It's a fine time for a fifty mile, but like I just knew that I could do faster than that. Like, and as Mike said, you're you're adding on twenty miles. And then you add on twenty miles. And you're and I'm thinking like, oh well, like a twelve hour finish would be great. <laughs> but yeah, obviously I knew that was like yeah. So I'll yeah, run I need the I'll perfect run, day and I'll, I'll run, run the fifty and course. eleven. <clears throat> Run 50 and 11, and then I'll run 20 in another hour. <laughs> right. It's know? not going to happen. Um, so as, so I, as it happened, I set a 50-mile PR yeah. midway on 943, yeah. which is my 50-mile trail PR, too. So. Probably like over Yeah, I was going to say that that was almost your Cayuga 50, right? No, it was my Cayuga 50. Nine, yeah. Well, 942? 943. Oh, I think there you go. 42, 47 or so. Was, right on. It's not clear exactly when I hit the 50 mile. Yeah, we were on the trail. I mean, we were like yeah. standing there right. looking at some overlook or something. So, yeah, like that's, but, let's, so, uh, let's start there. Like, So you run into aid five, let's call it five, right? You pick up Mike. Yeah. Right? And you're at mile 46. Yeah, there was an unmanned road crossing that was like totally lethal. <laughs> it was, it was. Seriously, there was like tractor trailers flying by and they're just like, you come down. Right before I see out, you? It was like, I, well, oh, well, right when you got me, we dropped out of the pacer pickup down this little ditch. Oh, but even the mile before that, half a mile before that, you cross one more road before you get to you. Yeah. And like, you just walk out onto this highway. You're like, there's no one here. There's no road. Those were weird. There was a couple of. I guess no. There was that was like a distinguishing characteristic of this race. There was a couple road crossings that I had to go by and find trailheads to provide aid at, where there was no way to know that the race was coming through. There was no like marshal. There was no sign. There was nothing, and it was like just heavy traffic flying. And I was like, runners that are exhausted at this point are going to wander right out and, and yeah. it's dangerous but I mean it's part of the game it's it's kind of cool I, yeah it's you fine. know most of the road crossings were totally fine yeah. most of them were dirt roads in the middle of nowhere yeah. so I guess one other thing I was just wondering that you you had talked about the beginning and we'll yeah. just touch quickly you talked in the beginning where it's a little bit more technical than you thought you maybe should have had a headlamp yeah but but those miles from say 20 to to 46 are they nice, you know, regular trails that we're used to up here, like Finger Lakes type trails? Where I mean, they're groomed, but they're rocks and roots. What kind of, what kind yeah. of, you know, we it's talked about mix. the uh, fauna. Right. What about the earth? It's a good mix. <laughs> it's um, it's the kind of description place that could 
fit anyone's description of either being very technical or being very runnable. So you're watching so your feet. There are places that were like a good stretch for a mile or two where it's close to flat and wide open and very runnable. And you know, just beautiful running through open forest. And then there are other places where I think the vast majority of it had some degree of, of rocks and roots, even more so than most of the <clears> stuff <throat> we run around here. Yeah. You know, the I, there's just not that many places where you can get really technical trail stuff right in Monroe County, and I'd say this is more technical than most. It of was them. more tech than our stuff. I think having done with you the Twisted Branch course yesterday some of that stuff i think was very comparable to what yeah. most of what i saw in laurel where it was you know there was a really good mix some of it was really fast soft and then it disappears and then you're back into yeah. watch your footing or you're gonna lose your teeth yeah uh, i yeah. i really realized that i need we are even our our challenging uh parks trails around here are fun yeah. in a challenging way yeah like with the twisted branch course i realized <clears throat> i have a lot more work to do well it was a consistent theme yesterday where every like the common complaint you hear out of all six people that did 50k yesterday <laughs> five what it was ankles ankles are tired there was some rolls here and there minor roll but tired ankles from trying to like navigate this unstable ground and that was a lot of yep. what i ran it like even a couple of miles into laurel i was like my ankles are kind of that's, that's the biggest thing I was that working was yesterday. The biggest thing that was sore with me after this race was yeah. my ankles and from the knee down was just worked. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the footing, I mean, the footing's not like Bear Mountain where it's like grapefruit-sized rocks for 50 miles. It's it's like, you know, you get some ground. So that. it's less of feeling it on the bottom of your feet and more of mm-hmm. your ankles just from the stability work. Yeah. Uh, it's, yep. it's a unique course. It's and nice. a lot of downhills, you just... You had to pay a lot of attention. On yeah, the, the last so descent really in particular was like, like. I guess I, all the, the main reason I ask is because your pacer was wearing ufos, so that's <laughs> that's the main reason I ask. And like, <laughs> can you keep up with a guy in ufos? Well, I ended up. I, ended I think up you in changed the, out of those. I, right I changed out of those running. right before a pickup. <laughs> right bef- between being having a beer forced upon me and having a blunt. Yeah. Okay. So we're okay. Like, so we're pause it for a second. I'm gonna go take a bathroom break. Yeah. <laughs> so you're at 50k. We left off yeah. at dropping into a road crossing, yeah. and so. But, but before that, that was when I picked you up. Yeah, you picked me up at 40. So I was just referencing. Yeah. The time between uh, 19 and. Yeah. Yeah. And 46. And that was, that was actually one of the longer waits of the day. Right. Um, between 19 and 46. That's well, 27. No, 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 no. Between there. But the one that was before that, because we had waited, we were in the woods. I had to do some hiking to get to the aid station. And then I just, I found. The, in the 30s. Somewhere. I found some woman and I was like, listen, my phone's going to die. It's not charging. Can I follow you to the next aid station? And she let me do that. We got there early. She was. I gave her a couple beers. I was like, I'm about to start running. Take these to the finish for me, if you would. And she was mm-hmm. awesome. She was like, yeah. And then it was just a matter of sitting there and waiting. And that was when that triathlete dude came up to me. He was very... Uh, I guess he was a good dude. Um, he so where, where was... The, 46, where? pacer pickup. Oh, yeah. And he was amped. I'm talking amped. He's ready to go. He's got a stack of IPA cans, like, that he could barely carry. And he just comes, he's like, dude, 
drink this. No. And I wasn't going to tell Jamie that I was drinking because I got to pace him. And that's just a thing. And so I'm like, okay, I pound one with him. Out comes the weed. He's like, you got to hit this man. I love smoking weed, running trails. He starts talking about Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre's a real doctor. He's going, he's going on about getting high and running trails. He's talking about muscle man. He's a triathlete. He's like, you know, this is going to be a six-hour thing. We might as well be high. And I was like, I was like, oh, here comes my guy. And he's like, finally, I see Jamie coming up the hill. And I was like, thank God, because this is getting crazy. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yeah, and then he picks me up. We dip down serious highway crossing, tractor trailers. Near death. Well, well, let's hold on one second. So while Mike's hanging out, you know, ripping, <laughs> ripping tubes and drinking IPAs, you're or, busting your hump, right? Like, yeah, so I think that that section between 31, around the 50K, and, and 46 is one of the tougher sections on the course. Um, I knew that from the race reports. The Maybe the... 31 through, I don't know what it was. There was an aid station in the mid-30s that wasn't as bad as I uh, expected it would be. And I was sort of thinking, oh, this doesn't seem as bad as what I read. But then the next, the rest from like the late 30s through 46 was. And I, you know, I started to, just a lot of sections that were just not very runnable. Um pretty technical sections uh, and I started to experience some like dips of energy you know like some low spots where I just feel like for a few minutes oh you know now did you feel like did you feel like this this sucks I don't like this or did you feel like boy I'm not doing as well as I would like to or did you feel like it's not so much I don't like this but uh, but more I don't have the the energy that I want to. I wish I, I, I wish I was I don't doing feel better. Like, yeah, and I you know. I wasn't too. I knew where I was roughly where I wanted to be in terms of time, and I certainly couldn't complain about where I knew I was in second. So I couldn't complain about yeah. where I was in terms of place. But I just felt like, um, uh, you know, my energy is low, and I just don't want to run up these hills, and I don't want to like. You know. Now, do you looking back? Do you attribute it to anything specific? Like, was it just you had twenty seven miles of not seeing anybody? Was it not enough food? Was it just the heat? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I noticed later in the race that that you know fuel intake and sugar intake made a a, a pretty quick difference in my mood, and maybe that was what was going on there. Yeah. Too. You could have sat down for some, like, <laughs> you know, you could have sat down at a plate with some corn and some like, mashed potatoes. I'd you know, plug in a, <laughs> a half half water bottle of pretty thick tailwind mix, and I'd all of a sudden feel better. Nice. And I don't know if that was the case there. That's the thing. I mean, um, there's, and it's interesting seeing it from the vantage point of crewing, um, but also, you know, experience and doing things with people that have never done a distance before, or, you know, some like 100 mile bike ride or something you see like the emotional difference between someone that's depleted of carbohydrates and someone that's not 
And it's distinct. Uh, you know, sometimes all someone needs is, you know, a good dose of sugar and crack. <laughs> and it's, yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny because I think, like, having, having someone around that has that experience yeah. that can just sort of nudge you mm-hmm. and say, try this, mm-hmm. and then you go, nah. <clears throat> but they go, well, try this then. And you go, mm, okay, yeah, I'll yeah. try that one. That well, sounds good. It's weird because there's, there's, like, highs and lows through a race like that where you, like, and I would get to see them with so many miles between them, and, you know, you're always really positive coming into the aid stations, which is kind of like you know it's nice as a crew person to be like okay this is going well uh but then they the highs and lows get closer and closer throughout the later miles where it's like you go a mile and suddenly there's a low point yeah they don't last as long i see that but (laughs) you're just feeling that and you're like shit and then there's a high point and it's like we're you know we put together these great stretches where it's like two miles at 10 minute pace and then another low, and it's, they, they just keep getting closer and closer. And I think that's probably the nature of, you know, long endurance events and, and where you're burning so much of your, you well, know. And that's one of the big things is, like, how, not how quickly can you get out of a good spot, but how quickly can you get out of a bad spot and how long can you, you know, yeah. how long staying can out of the bad spot is critical. That's well, you know you're going to get into them. Yeah. So, like... If you go in with the idea of, I'm just going to stay positive the whole time, and I'm never going to feel bad, yeah. that's not going to work. Never happen. No, it's Your not. strategy is really... Like, yeah. A guy like, even like Sage Kennedy, who's like, yeah. literally, like, every 50-miler, by mile 22, I'm like, damn it, like, you know, yeah. why am I, I doing feel this? Like this hell. is terrible, yeah. 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 Well, but a guy like Tim Olson that's like, I have to go into every aid station smiling, and, like, I'm yeah. happy as can be, because, you know, my wife's there, and I'm... Yeah. And I, yeah, but he also told the story of how his yeah. wife happily kicked his ass oh, back onto to, the yeah. hard rock trail. And, and that, that came out like there was a bench that we found, and, and Jamie's like, I don't know if I'm going to take a nap on that bench, but I might have some like Tim Olson moments and, and you know, swear. Yeah, so, <laughs> so those moments where I was feeling low before 46 were quick. They pass quickly, but yeah. compared to my prior 50-mile experience. Like, prior 50-mile experience, I had some kind of sustained lows in the 30s or so. Right. Yeah. Um, and here they just they last maybe a couple minutes, and then I was ready to go again. Do you think that's because of your relation to the finish? Because this, this is a big curiosity to me. Uh-huh. Like, because yesterday when I was at... Yeah, I was. We were running 50k at Twisted Branch. Yeah. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, um, when I was at mile 24, I was like, mm, yeah, you know, we got seven miles to go. When I was at mile 31, I'm like, yeah, we still got a mile and a half to go. But I had never run longer than a marathon uh-huh. before that. You know what I mean? So yeah. when I was in a marathon, trail marathon at 22, I was kind of miserable. Because there's four miles left. Yesterday, I breezed right through 22. Yeah. Didn't even think about it. I was, and when I thought about it at, like, mile 31, I'm going, ah, oh, man, still got a mile and a half? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So when you're at mile 40, say 40, in yeah. a 50-miler, you're like, oh, crap, I got 10 miles left. Yeah. But when you're thinking about a 70-miler, are you thinking, huh, 30 still miles, early. it's still early. I don't know. I don't know. I, 
I would think of... I would have guessed that the way the psychology would work would be the opposite. There would sure. be more daunting. Yeah. You know, and I know that at about 40 miles and a 50 mile hour, I could start to turn on that switch and be like, okay, there's 10 miles. There's single digits yeah. left to go. Yeah. Kick it into gear. Yeah. Stop, you know, mm-hmm. whatever pain you're feeling is is going to pass. Temporary. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're going to be over with it. Uh, yeah. At 46... At mile 40 and a 70 mile, you don't have that up. You don't have that luxury. Um, I would think it would be the opposite. Right. But at the same time, you're also like, I'm going to be out here for a long time. Yeah. This will pass. Yeah. As opposed to, I'm so close to being done. Can't I just be done right now? Because I'm so close. There's some of that. And then there's just some of the, I don't know. All right. So you shook it off somehow, quickly. And some of it might have just been having had that 50 miler already in the yeah. in the bank from Zangre. Yeah. And did you think like did you think like Mike's coming up oh, at yeah. 46? Oh yeah, sure. I knew coming up at 46, Mike was going to be joining me. Um, you hadn't seen a person in 27 yeah. <laughs> miles. <laughs> I mean, I saw Mike a couple times in that in that stretch. Yeah. Eight stations, but but yeah, it was a huge left to get him. And I knew, you know, I I wasn't totally set in stone that he was going to join me at 46. If there was a problem with leaving the car at 46, the other point he could have joined me was 57. Um, but I knew the, the basic plan was for him to join me at 46. But I was where right was the point. where did the race allow pacers? Those two Just spots. Two spots. Oh, that's 46, it. and then okay. I think it was 57. And I even had to confirm at 46 because it was like, you know, where yeah. can we leave a car? Yeah. So, so you that's went, also the same time that I'm now I have a race on my hands. Right. Like, you know, now you're the first time I've just seen a person. 20, 26 miles left. You right. See somebody, you're you're um, rolling yourself over a log on the trail. <laughs> that's right. And some Mike joins me. So here's a, you know, peculiarity. How do you go over a giant tree on the log? Do you go belly first, or do you sit on your butt and swing one leg over and all on the other depends leg? On the, it all depends on the log, how high it is. Uh, I'm not a tall guy. Yeah, you're pretty short. Yeah, exactly. Under. So belly belly over is probably what happens most times. like Jeff Green and run under the thing. Yeah. I can believe, yeah, Jeff Green's ridiculous with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I tend, I, I feel, I'm afraid of belly first. Because I feel like as soon as I lay down on that log, <laughs> like I'm right. done. <laughs> the problem is lifting your leg high. Yeah. Then you might get a your the hamstring. Crack. The hamstring. <laughs> you got that hip flexor thing going on. Yeah. It's just like I've had I, that. I always swing my leg over the lower leg. side of the tree. Just swing my leg over, and then I suddenly get a cramp. Yeah. And then you're just stuck on top of the log. So you do the belly first. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then as you're rolling off the log, there's a guy. Now you're moving. Yeah. And I move into 46, I pick up Mike, the guy rolls into the aid station at the same, same time, time while, before right. we leave. Yeah. When he's spending some time there, I spent some time there, we're like, okay, he's not like, he wasn't just in and out either, so it wasn't like yeah. he put on some intimidating show. He was comfortable. Do you but think he was we, working? Do you think he was working to catch up to you? He was working, because yeah. the aid station before that was in the woods. He, Jamie comes through. And the woman that I was going to follow to the next aid station was that guy's wife. So I waited for him to come through, and 
we, then we waited for the guy after that, which was the eventual winner. And they were both working. They were working hard, uh, which was, you know, was, um, I assume that a section between those two was really hard because, you know, you guys came in pretty much together. Yeah. Uh, we leave soon. We got, a, I think, pretty efficient turnover yeah. in the aid station. We take off, and then Miles, maybe, that guy came by. Yeah. Uh, but I think 32 to 46 was the hardest miles of the course. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess probably 1 to 11 is probably the hardest miles of the course, but... You but for where you're at, fatigue-wise, exactly. yeah. So uh, what, do you, what do you say when you come in and you grab Mike, and you're like, you say, let's roll. And you're no, out? No, Do you talk you know, about I how you're feeling? I think maybe Mike might have been a little pace? bit more, I don't know. Mike didn't say, like, come on, let's run out of yeah, here. I love his smiling face whenever <laughs> you see him on the main for, station. For me, it was more like, uh, you know, you were like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I have in me. Uh, let's just do it this way. And it was yeah. more like, we'll run the runnable stuff, you know, quickly walk hiking stuff and just stay smart and that you know I totally I've felt like that before so I knew what was going on and it's you know it's pretty manageable and so was it like, like was it like more of a business exchange or were you two just like chatting and we saying, you're chatting. saying like I'm feeling pretty good I ate 17 goos I was lonely <laughs> no that, that was a lot of, that was a, I don't think I even ate three no, I think you had like a, a gel by then and that was like part of like it was very conversational the, the whole 24 miles I ran, I think. We're just, like, a matter of distracting conversation. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, it's dumb questions, like, small talk. What did you eat? Uh, how have the trails been? You know, how was it out there? Did you see anyone? What You know, what was going on that I couldn't see? And it's just a matter of, like, chewing up. You know, you when you're running at, like, a late ultra pace, you're running at a conversational pace regardless. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, nobody wants to, you know, talking as give or take, but it was just, you know, you, uh, bring it, uh, <laughs> the distraction is really the key, and it's, um, but leaving that aid station at 46, after we crossed that sketchy highway crossing, there was, um, a good climb for a little while, it was, like, not steep, but it was a nice, dis- was a sustained walk, yeah. walking climb, and, you know, that's what I told Mike, I'm like, I'm gonna walk this, yeah. you know, like, this is, not something I'm running at this point in this race. And the guy who was in third at that point um, came charging by and said, you know, look, we're not going to let him go. You know, I don't give a shit about second right now. Uh, if he wants to run up this hill, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not running up this hill. And uh, I think Mike got that right away yeah I mean it's pretty obvious what at that point it's like you know you've been watching someone all day and you kind of know what they have left uh, right there was some surprising things there was a climb later that I was like holy crap like this is actually happening where we're running and it was like yeah. pitched yeah uh, but at that point yeah and, and you like and at that we, point you're still figuring it out and like 20 miles left I'm just saying like the guy he came. He might have looked like he was working his ass off coming into that A station, but he came out of that A station, blazing at a pace that I was just yeah. was not going to match, you know. And, I, and we had talked. We were like, maybe he'll come back to us, you yeah. know. There's still a lot of time left, and that was that was the prevalent theme through the last marathon of the race was, it's still a long day. People yeah. can come back to you, and it's interesting to look at 
the way that it unfolded because people can come back to you, but people come back to other people too. Yeah. So the guy that's leading for 62 miles or something, 64 miles, comes back to almost everybody, but then he comes back to the people behind you too, and then yeah. you're one of those people that comes back. And it's yeah. it's so crazy watching this unfold. Yeah, because yeah, there's some people that are playing it very conservative. Apparently. Right? I know, and that, we saw a lot of that. That was surprising so, to me. It was like, you know, this is my first experience at a trail race of that distance, so it was really unique to watch it unfold the way that it did. Yeah. So you let, so you you give up a place on the very first big climb, and yep. you don't care. Between, yeah, You're okay exactly. with that. Not at all. It was comfortable. And, yeah. you know, we uh, he was within sight. The forests were open. So much of the race he was in sight. He was within sight for a lot of time. Is that frustrating? No, that was, was actually kind of. I think it was comforting. Ha- it was comforting. Like, yeah. No, that he just wasn't like you felt dusting like, me. You, you know? felt like you had more left. You know, and like he was still there. Um, he stayed within sight for a long time, and um, we we gain on him on the downhills or the flats, and he would gain on us on the uphills, and I felt like, to some extent, I felt like that was smart. You know, like let him work the uphills if he wants to yeah. on the other hand I think you know he apparently, just had, apparently he had the legs you yeah. <laughs> had the legs for it and the experience for it so, so you say he's within sight so this is a pretty straightforward trail I mean there's not a lot of winding there's not a lot there are, of I mean there are definitely places where there's, he wasn't within yeah, sight but then you, know. you catch him again yeah. right? so there's yeah. nice so, there's nice views there are there's some places where there are good views yeah, yeah. Um, where the undergrowth is not it's just ferns. <clears throat> I love the fact up. that you, you just talk about undergrowth. Yeah. Like, I just picture stuff up to your knees. Your right. But no, there, there is a lot to be, for what you just said, there is so much to be said for, I think this is one of the first times I've seen this, where there's literally a trail for 70 miles, and there's no, like, offshoots. There's trails. no stupid, <laughs> like, it, like, the thought process was, you didn't have to think. It was just amazing. Run. It was just run. Yeah, and it's like, you, and there was a lot of parts, obviously, where it's windy and technical, but there's so many parts where you're like, okay, there's that guy again, and he's right there, you know. We should say this about the course. It is a 70-mile trail. It's one trail. It's awesome. It's one trail, and so they have mile markers along the trail. Uh, wow, so it's just it's always letting one. You know. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, I might yeah. love that because yeah. I would never look at my watch. By, I don't know, remember, maybe around mile 30, I turned off, I put my watch on the setting so that it was on the time of day. So I couldn't see pace anymore. But I don't, I don't want to know what my pace is going up a particular hill or going down a particular yeah, hill in right. a 70 mile race. Right, so you I'd just like to know that this is my, uh, you know, if I've run for 11 minute miles in a row, if I suddenly run a 17 minute mile, that's I want to know that. But uh, you know, I don't I don't care that I'm running. Which is weird. Right? Eight minutes you, on the flat. You want to know? You want like this weird like sentient AI alert that says like, "Hey, get back in line." Yeah. And I wonder is so so this gets back to that agreement and that stuff that we were talking about. Is that your pacer? Your pacer goes, uh, you've been taking it easy for a little while, let's pick it up. Yeah. And and so when you have your watch, it's like an objective thing, right? Your watch goes, Hey dummy, you're going slow. I think we came to an agreement that 
or at least my plan was, and, and Mike seemed to be okay with it, was, look, we would continue on this plan of hiking the uphills, working the flats and the downs, through mile 60. And then at mile 60, I would just give it whatever I had. You know, 10 miles left to go in the race. Then it was time to go. Um, but before that, I just kind of needed to do what I needed to do to preserve. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Between 46 and 100K, yeah. it was really survive. Right. And it was... Um, no, that's great. No, that's great. You hit... The, the 61-ish to the aid station at 100K, to me, was like the most exciting thing I've ever seen in a race. Yeah. And it was cool to Absolutely. be a part of it. It was like, so you've got second place, the guy that had passed us at the pacer pickup, or shortly after, and he's right here. And we've well, got before this, we get there, yeah, we caught up to him, and we passed him. We did pass him for a second. In the 50s, at some yeah. point. I worked hard, and I caught up to him, and I passed him. The man's running in a softy guide. Right. He, didn't, he didn't look like an intimidated guy, but he obviously yeah. had some he had it. He's freaking got, experience. Sometimes these guys just got... So then, now I'm in front, and now I'm setting the pace. And on the ups and downs, my pace is so varied. Like, I'm hiking the ups, and I'm running the downs fast. But they were quick. I mean, it was rolling. Is he sticking it's behind rolling. you on the He's ups? sticking right behind me. Oh, he's, he's right on my tail. And that's one time you're, on the you're like, if you want to pass us, and that's pass us. Said. And he said, that's not even worth it. He's like, it's not. there's no point yeah. in passing it. But so... The, I just don't like that. I don't like having someone right on my tail. I, I want to just run my own race. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have my pace dictated by my you, worry, my own mental. I don't want to have this mental like this conversation in my head yeah. going like, am I running fast enough? Am I like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like, why is he staying behind me? Right. Which, uh, and that's so then at some like, point. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. There was a, like a steady climb and I just said, let's pull over and yeah. you can let him go. And we let him go again. And so, I mean, he so wasn't you, asking for it, but I just so said, you gave up his position. And I actually again, like just to put your mind at ease. I don't think I really needed to stop. I just wanted to not have just to put your mind at someone ease. on my ass. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we come. I mean, we come out of the woods. So we knew that we, we knew it was coming. We know from we get to mile course feedback that there's a gravel climb. It's just a gravel road, so like gentle dirt road, and it climbs. One of the few sections where it's not single track. Yeah, it's a course. good grade. You get there in mile 60. Good visibility, and there's an aid station at the top of this thing. And then it was like, this is crazy. We got two, three, and then we got four, the eventual winner coming up behind us. And it's like, we were running. And yeah. you're, like, you're like, we'll run. And then we ran, this guy stopped to walk. We ran, and pretty much he hits the aid station. We hit it. Four comes in behind us. And then we got this, like, street fight to the end of the race. I thought you said also five. five Five's coming around, and we got well, five. Five came in later. But yeah. right then, it, it was two, three, and four. Wow. And that, that grind up to that. 60, 61 miles in. And the it climb, was was, it was tough. It was, I mean, for you, it was tough for me, and I was, was only, like, me. 10 miles in. So yeah. for you, it must have been pedal. Mike was, but. it was a lot, it was a big help to have a pacer there. He was telling me, you know, like, look, be confident in your training. You know you got this. You know, you know you've worked hard. Yeah. And, and so is he, at help. this point, um, now there's different pacer rules for different races. Uh-huh. Is he pushing you up the hill, or is he pulling you up the hill? 
He's put the so the rule for this race is Pacers stay behind. Okay. That uh, was it. That was uh, the worst part about this race from a Pacer standpoint was the behind thing. Uh-huh. Where previously pacing it, you stay in front. Behind it's like this constant stream of like flat tiring Jamie and being like like the worst shit. I, like I'm just the only perk to being behind is that I had the worst gas ever. <laughs> I was just, like I literally, I'm front talking. Of me. But, like, I don't even, like, people are like, oh, Elden farts a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, this was beyond real. This was, like, every ten steps for 24 miles, <laughs> something's coming out. It was so bad, and I was like, you know, I, it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me in terms of gas in my life. I felt bad to an extent, but then I was like, this is kind of funny, because I don't know why it's happening. But... So I was just like in front and body. <laughs> it's it's, it's a little was, squeak, right? It's like a little burp, burp, burp. It was insane. Burp, burp. It, was, it was insane, dude. 24 miles of just, I could not stop, for, like relentless. Every 10 steps, just like, and I'm like, is this the tailwind? What dude, is it, dude? Tailwind is, tailwind powers me twice. Yeah. It powers me going in, powers me but coming out. But then I was like, I'm laying down the smoke screen. So I'm doing pacer duties. I'm keeping people at bay. You know, everybody's staying back from me. Jamie's got the, the turns character. Turns out that didn't work very well. So, turns out nobody cared. Uh, people love the fur. Well, when you're 60 miles in, you can't smell anything. No, but, th- yeah, and that, that was like, you know, they're coming in. That was so exciting to watch unfold coming into the aid station. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, to see that people still have a lot of heart and a lot of, like, the, you know, this is still meaningful. I yeah. know what it's like to be completely degraded beyond giving a shit at that point in a race. And it's just, you know. So, so you're racing at this yeah. point now, yeah. right? Yeah. That turns into something so, you didn't really want to do. It's 62. And I have the guy. So I've completely forgotten about first. I thought, I'm, by this point, I thought he was probably 40 minutes ahead of us. But you was, I mean, he was. He was. This guy's like a half hour ahead of the last yeah. point. It's like. This guy's gone. Yeah, and then second place is ahead of me within eyesight going into the aid station, and he's there at the aid station before he hasn't left by the time I got there. And the guy behind me is right on my ass going into the aid station. He's probably a half mile behind me, and he gets in there before I leave. And he looks at me. I took a leak just outside the aid station, and he looks at me. He says, come on, bud, let's go. Something like that. And I look at him and I say, it's going to be a tight finish. And what I'm thinking was, and what I thought about saying was, unless one of us has an extra gear, it's going to be a tight finish. Yeah. And that was actually the more appropriate thing to say, because that guy ended gear. up having an extra gear. Hell, man, this guy. He ended up winning. Yeah. And so in the last eight miles, so it was eight miles from that eight you station. Could, do you think you could have said, I'm with you, and just went? No. I mean... Not that race that day. Another day, I mean, maybe, but, like, not that race that day. Because I wonder a lot about that. Like, the mental, like, at that point, you made a decision. You said, all right, um, I might be as good as you. You might be as good as me. That's what I kind of thought at that point. Yeah. And we left, and I kind of felt like, okay, it's all going to shake out the way it's going to shake out in the next eight miles. But I didn't. 
have any grasp that he was just going to turn it on and just, yeah. and just and he, blast and he away. Should, the, the, he put on 17 minutes on me f- in the next ooh. eight miles. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, at the aid station before yeah, that's that. <laughs> ridiculous. The aid, the aid station before Pacer pickup. So 38, maybe, 30, 37, 38, 30. This kid, he rolls in, and I shit you not, you had just left the aid station. And this guy comes in maybe five minutes later, and he is on his hands and knees at the aid station. And Dr. Dre there isn't his guy, but he's still just like, he's amping him up. He's like, pull together, man, you know, you're getting there. And the guy's just, he's like on all fours, like, you know, it is what it is, it's not going. And I was like, this guy's blowing up hard. And then somewhere between there and 100K, this guy just found it. And he's just like, and it's amazing to see. It's like that Jeff Rose, like, Unbreakable. Unbreakable, like he just finds it and just turns it on and went ballistic over Seven, the last 20 17 months. minutes and 8 miles is insane. But when you look at the way the first fell back, it makes it even more like what the hell happened yeah. over this. Well, race. he left. Do you think he was having a similar trouble of like over 60 miles? I never saw anybody. There was, was. There, like, mean, he was, there was nobody there to like. There was nobody there to push him. Twenty, twenty-five, twenty-seven minutes yeah. ahead of people. And so there was nobody there to push him yeah, or reassure no, him. Yeah. Or he just, he, uh, who knows? What he was yeah, right. right yeah. Exactly. Um, he, I looked at his past race results, and he has run the race like five times before, maybe four times before. His time last year was thirty minutes ahead of his time this year. The guy year. that won this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Although last year was like it was cool year. and not humid, yeah, um, and it was faster year. So yeah, check those. But anyway, he had the he had the yeah. knowledge and the experience. Yeah. So, he but ostensibly, how to finish that race? Ostensibly, though, you're leaving the aid station in a three-person race for second. Right, that's yeah. what I think. You know, and like yeah. I start running. I, I don't know how it shakes Because it was I a three-person race for first, really. But nobody knew that. Nobody, I didn't nobody, know that the first person was... That. This guy was like five minutes ahead of like, Nobody yeah, knows that. That, Exhausted and falling back. I mean, I, I'm not giving away the ending of the story, yeah. but I looked at the race results. But that's, like, so there's a first-place guy that's out in Wild Blue yonder. Yeah, I, I figure he's basically like going to yeah. be done yeah. shortly yeah. after he's I leave like, the aid like, station. The race is over. Mm-hmm. And, but there's a three-person race. Like, yeah, it's a... It's a Three-person race for second, third, fourth place. Um, but I'm just not. I'm exhausted by the time I get. By the time we get out there, it was exhausting just to get to the aid station in that position. I, I burned up a lot of what I had left running up that road. And hundred k there, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was sort of disconcerting not knowing what those last eight miles were going to be like because there were differing reports on when the downhill started to the to the finish. I knew that it was a significant descent down to the finish. Some reports were it was a five miles of downhill, some were that it was three miles downhill. Turns out that it's actually a little less than three miles downhill. Yeah. You get through 67, you still have a little like bump uphill, and then you start going down. And then people had said to me that it was super technical descent down to get there and I was gonna be rocky and dangerous no, no speed right yeah like, and so I'm thinking like oh I gotta be ready to mm-hmm. be completely on top of it yeah there were 
technical sections, but it wasn't that bad. Um, but I don't know. I, I was did, exhausted I... by that time. By the time I got to between sixty two, we left the aid station, and sixty seven, we started the descent. I just wiped myself. So, so physically exhausted. Exactly. Yeah. Where were you? Where were you mentally? I I think I was mentally spent too. Do you think like mentally you just wanted to be done? Oh yeah. Or did you? Did you? So when you get into these dark places, right? And and here's an amateur asking the question, but the the word on the street is you should have some sort of mantra. You should have something in your brain that will yank you out of a dark place. Maybe I can't. Well, I'm saying that. I mean, right. I like my perspective on it was it was weird because, you know, you, we're running strong. I there's points where I'm literally like, you know, you're sixty miles in and I'm, ten fifteen miles and I'm like this is tough. Like, yeah, I'm behind you and the pace yeah. you're running is it's tough and it's like, good. I'm happy. Like this is what I, I want. Yeah. Success. You know, these are, my people, local runners. I want this to be awesome and it's like. Then we we get I can see the low points I've been in them before and we you know we get to a point where we sit down. At one point it was like we're sitting there and, and I'm like, you know I'm not Dusty Olson I'm not gonna like yell at somebody and be like you know pick it up, dude you're being a pussy or whatever and it it's just like it's more of just rationalizing like later on you might care what place you finish in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be a thing later on but at the same time. I know this sucks. Like there's there's no rationalizing when when suddenly like your bones are like you're falling forward on your bones and your muscles aren't doing anything and your brain's shot and your spirit is completely fried. Like yeah. I know what that's like. I get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we sit there. For so like, is it was it mental? Was it physical? Was it oh, both? And but like, I remember like, like Jamie was. He distinctly said to me like I don't think I have much, um, you know, mental toughness left. But that didn't. You know, the fact that we finished in the time we did showed that that, you know, that was just... Showed that like he did. He did have mental toughness I mean, left. You know, well, for, for the record, that's that's <clears> in 1337, <throat> yeah. right? You know, for the nerds out there, that's leet. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a computer nerd, that's leet. Um, so... But, but okay, so you, you were at some point done. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of broken. Cooked. Yeah. I, I mean, well, I'll say, like... So sixty to sixty-two to sixty-seven, somewhere in there. I was. There were a couple of miles where I was running as hard as I possibly could, mm-hmm. and, and running as long as I possibly could, and just thinking like it hurts like hell to run at this pace, this ten-minute pace or whatever it was. Walk it's like... And then I'd just say, the slightest uphill, fine, let's walk for thirty seconds. And then I'd keep walking, running. And then that freaking guy who ended up coming in second I think <laughs> went blowing by and he just looked like he was just like dancing on this top of the guy, man. He was by. <laughs> <laughs> I turned around and I I'm behind Jamie and I, try, I hear footsteps and I turn around and see this guy and I was like relay and then I was like shit you're not relay yep. and then he just dances by us yep. it's like good job guys and I was like no yep. holy crap so when that guy went by and now I'm back in fifth I'm thinking, like, you know, this whole race, I haven't cared what place I was going to come in. And now I really don't care what place I'm going to come in. <laughs> but it's not like I have a shot at third or... But did you one. care, like, from second... Second to third, you didn't care because you chatted with that guy. Yeah. Third to fourth, did you go, 
Oh crap, there goes the podium. Uh, you know, not really. I, did, I just didn't know. I mean, there's very, there's very few of us that are ever going to have to right. think about, oh crap, there goes the podium. <clears throat> yeah. But, but did I mean, you whatever. think that? Not really. Because I, I wouldn't think that five miles in, like, oh, crap, Well, no, that, I mean, that, and that was weird for me because, like, like, I knew, like, obviously you're aware of the podium. You're aware of one, two, three, and you're like, this is a Western States qualifier. This is cool. And I've heard about this race probably before. I remember hearing about this race a couple of years ago and being like, this is, you know, this is a cool, fairly big-time race. You got, you know, uh... You, you're Brian Rusecki is around this and some, some big guys around this like the podium is a cool idea um, mm-hmm. finishing top 5 is an awesome idea top 10 amazing and you're just going you don't know what to expect with these east coast technical runners and you see these names and you never like you can go on ultra sign up and stalk them but you still just don't know what's going to happen and mm-hmm. it's you know you can let go of the podium you can hang on to it and we ended up being like it doesn't really matter that much but let's you know you fight through the end and it was I don't know, it was just an amazing ending. Yeah, yeah. I, gu- I like, guess for me, I, I would think it's easy to give it up at the beginning. Yeah. It's okay to give it up in the middle. Yeah. At the end. It's surprisingly easy to give it up at the end. <laughs> well, <see>. When you're broken. <laughs> I feel like exhausted. <laughs> it's surprisingly easy. Um... When you just want to, like, lay down and just be done for the day. I remember Pat, we'd pass benches, and you'd be like, I'm going to lay down. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, cool. Uh, That's what happened at yeah. 67. So after this guy passed us, now we're in fifth. And we did this bench, and, you know, like, I, I would rather not have my phone on me at all. I'd rather not respond to it at all. But I heard my phone ringing, and I knew that we were dependent on a ride at the at the finish line I heard it ringing and I said I better see <laughs> like you what to that is and so I pulled it out and You're gave like, it like oh yes an excuse <laughs> yes and there was a bench there and I said I don't care about my but I have well, really was that like said, one of the nicer overlooks of the yeah, race it was actually it was worked amazing. out yeah, was amazingly like, perfectly it was like yeah. one of the best <laughs> spots and stuff <laughs> And then, Thank you. Yeah. And then yeah, I take like a thirty-second phone call, and then he's like, "I don't care anymore." <laughs> I rolled I my like... eyes. I rolled my eyes during the prayer, and I'm sorry for that. But <laughs> thank you, <laughs> right now. Right. So, uh, Mike took the phone call, and you know I, that probably sitting down right there probably ate up a minute or two, nah. which you know was the difference between. Well, it was not the total difference, but it was close to the difference between. Fourth and fifth, but who? But maybe it might have also. I said, who the hell cared? Maybe it might have also been the difference between fifth and sixth. Sure, yeah, the guys who were in sixth and seventh were not that far behind. Yeah, right. So maybe it gave you a little bit. Yeah, and I ran the the uh, from there. We ran the the last three miles down in, pretty solidly and pretty. So one of my one of my thoughts is like, you went into this going, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. You saw what you could do, which was up until 62 miles, yeah. you could hold second place yeah. in a pretty gnarly race. Yeah. Did you at some point go, I'm not supposed to be in second place in this race, so it's okay if I'm fifth? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember thinking that thought. For, yeah, maybe, to some extent, I guess... I didn't have that specific thought going through my head, but just, like, I was a little surprised to be in second, I guess. I just yeah. thought, 
But you're but this you're kind where... of, but you're kind of a badass. Like, let's face it. <laughs> let's face it. Um, right? So you didn't like... ex- you didn't expect to be twenty fifth. Look, for the fifty miles I've run, I've I've normally been in in the twenties. Yeah. Um, well, North Face fifty mile I was in like the hundreds or something mm-hmm. like that, but like uh the other fifty miles I've run have been yeah, there have been a couple a couple dozen people who finished ahead of me. So being in second. So you were surprised. Yeah. One. Yeah, sure. I was I don't think I was shocked. Because I knew this yeah. was not this is not the ultra that draws yeah. the Solomon team or something. No, because like you, you gotta know? get a you gotta get a secret memo. <laughs> right. Right. But but I mean that but at that's the same pretty, time. Yeah, you're in second place. Uh, you know, being anywhere in the top ten is yeah. is gonna be a top finish for me. Yeah. You know, so like I wasn't uh too I was a little surprised to be that far up ahead and a little not too worried about it when I started dropping down a little. But then when you finish and you see how close, yeah, it bites a little bit. You know, you you know that like when you leave the the sixty two mile aid station with the guy who won, and he put uh, sixteen minutes on you or whatever it was, seventeen minutes on you, and you know you could run those eight miles. At least as fast. You know, on fresh legs, you could run those eight miles. On fresh legs. Right, sure. I mean, that's a totally different story. But, like, you know that it's not physical capacity. You know, you're capable of running that pace that he ran those last eight, eight miles. Some of it. And you know that you sat down on the bench and sat there and said, I don't give a shit. <laughs> for a minute. You start to... You spend for for a minute, out of 13 and a half hours, you yeah. didn't give a shit for, let's right. let's be generous and say 10 minutes, you didn't yeah. give a shit. Right. So? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, or is that, damn, I got to figure out how to actually give a shit for those 10 minutes. It's not, it's not one or the other. You know, I'm happy with that. Um, I'm happy with the race, but I look for what I can do to improve. You and know, that's like, the, yeah, I, I feel that, like my objective viewpoint, and I have probably a valuable insight on it because I wasn't 70 miles into something at the time. And it's like when you are that far and you lose insight on yourself at some point, like you really are, like it's not a body thing. I, yeah, I think that I like this. It was, but I'll be right back. Yeah, dude. That's what um, I think. You don't want to hear this. No, I want to. There's a level of, like that, uh, I don't care anymore attitude where, um, you know, that's totally expected. I've been there before. I get it, and you'll get it when you're doing this, and everybody gets it at some point. You give up, but you still fight forward, and then there's a matter of like the fitness is there to continue through these things and, and that's that's my question is yeah. it do you think i should have and and jamie just stepped out so i can't ask him <laughs> but do you think oh i gotta work harder yeah or do you think damn i how do i get out of that place in my brain it's where the, i think it's where the training comes in and he might have when he gets back we'll 
ask yeah, again and find out what the difference is. But I think I really do believe that it's and his training is you know, it goes better than mine year round. It's his training is immaculate. And then well, it, it's it's spot on, but it's spot on for fifty miles. And I think that that the physical aspect of training trumps the mental aspect of training to some <laughs> degree. Like when you physically have it once once your mentality fails, I think physicality takes over. Like your physicality fails and you've got this mental like okay, I can do this. And then once that goes, you have to go back to reality. And reality is what can your body handle? And I think that, you know, Jamie on a bench being like, I don't care about second, third, fourth place anymore. And then suddenly we're back to what can I physically handle? And that's where Jamie's training comes in is where, you know, I can hammer the outer loop climb at 1740 on a shitty day. Uh, I can do that. And that's the, the training that you fall back on. I can do a 124 half marathon like out of the winter feeling good and, and you feel and I, I think you go physical physical blows up you depend on mental and then you're running on the fumes of physical after mental goes and that's where the training really kicks in can you say I am trained to complete this like hell state of, of any race and that's where we were at and the training was there I think it was I think it was like I said before I think it was a flawlessly executed race you know the running was there when it needed to be the hiking was there when it needed to be the struggling was there when everybody else was struggling and then there was the people that were more physically capable at the time and then it was just but that's why that's why I wonder was it I'm I'm a very goal oriented person Mm -hmm. like if I can't see it, I can't achieve it, right? Like, if I if I look and I go, I'm going to build a house, and then I close my eyes and I think, and I can't picture a house, I'm not going to build it, right? Like, I've never built a house because I can't picture one. But if I say, I'm going to run my race, and I'm going to go 70 miles, and I want to finish under 14 hours, well, you were well under 14 hours mm-hmm. when you made the decision that you didn't care. Mm-hmm about place so was it that you couldn't actually see yourself in second you know like you couldn't see yourself finishing the race in second you know i wonder like was your goal less ambitious than your ability maybe i don't know you know i I wasn't there and and so uh, you know my when i said i didn't care things were it was hard. It was hard running at that point. Yeah. When we were running downhill and we got to mile 69 and I heard something that I thought indicated there was someone coming up behind me, I cared all of a sudden and I, I booked the last half mile into the, into the finish. Care about fourth to fifth. Yeah. To six. <laughs> I cared a little bit. Yeah. yeah, obviously, but I just didn't care enough <laughs> to like put my through the self through the suffering that it, it took to keep running. It came in the form of an old man. We're, we're on that distance, and the guy's like, "Hey guys," and then we go by. Like, just the relay, whole, just the relay. No, there's like this 80 year old dude, and he's like, "We heard, we go by 30 seconds later. You got two runners or something," and we're just like, "What the hell, dude? Oh my god!" Because he confirmed when we ran by this old guy walking up the trail, he was like, "One of you guys is running or yeah, something like yeah. that." Yeah, yeah. He was, and I was he like, was "Yep, up, just one runner." Race, yeah. And he's like, "You got two runners coming in," and I was like. <laughs> 
two runners coming in. <laughs> no. Yeah, we were. This was like thirty, like up on the mountain. So I started sprinting. Yeah. And that's and what I, I wonder, didn't want to be passed in the last forty, you know, yeah. the last four hundred meters. And so I, I really do. I mean, and 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 hearing, so. and hearing this, you know, hour and a half that we talked, but also just kind of seeing it, you know, over the past two weeks or so, I week and a half, yeah. I really feel like maybe your expectations were less than your abilities. Like, maybe. because because but, you were willing to give up second place. Yeah. And that's okay. Whatever, you know, who, who am I to say you shouldn't have gave up second place, but um, you were there. You I, know? Think it's, I think it's hard to know at a distance you've never run before. Yeah, that's what like I mean. twenty miles beyond what you've ever run before. Yep, what you're capable of. I agree. And in this race, all I wanted to do was run in a time that I thought was a respectable mm-hmm. time. Get my Western States qualifier, uh, finish, not finish in the mm-hmm. like you know after having an epic disaster or something like that. Um, just finish in good form. And that's what I mean, like... And then, so that was... Those were all my expectations going in. And so I wasn't... I think there are... I think... And I think a lot of the people who finished ahead of me, I can't... I didn't stalk all of them enough to know, but I think most of the people who were in the top four all had much more experience. Yeah, they're sense. solid. They're, yeah. I was I was stalking them before A couple this. of them had... Well, the guy who won had five finishes at Laurel Highlands couple hundred um, miler finishers out there the guy who i was battling with in the 50s who ended up in third i think uh you know as mike said had a top 30 finish at western states and a top 10 finish at miwok 21 Kenny. hours at western um you know yeah i think that it, you know you one know, of the, one of the things i think give about you that is, base this is, is how they how they start off leadville right you're stronger than you think you are. Yeah. You can do more than you think you can. Yeah. Yeah, but I, it's just really hard to know that until you've actually done it. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so. Yeah. I don't think you should expect to get your best performance out of a. No. Out of a fifty or a, any race really, but in, out of a fifty, of a hundred k, out of a seventy mile or out of a hundred mile, until you've actually done it. Before. I think you you beat your expectations exactly. by twenty three minutes. Mm-hmm. You came in, you felt good, finished all right. You were running a day, a day and a half later, right? No, I haven't run since. I thought you were you were out just kind of strolling around. No. I mean, not racing, but no. The man was. I, 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 I've taken the whole week. We got off, a we got a bed the next day. Yeah, I like. I remember doing seventy miles on pavement and getting up and not being able to move. <laughs> but we got up what four hours after we went to bed, and I was I was like, shit, he's walking. Yeah. Like, no, I was more mobile than I have been after a lot of yeah. uh, ultra efforts, and you know, I've had better recovery this week, though. I, except for my upper body, which has been a problem. <laughs> no, no, I find <laughs> I find on really technical courses, my shoulders really hurt yeah. a lot. Cause you're, I think, at least for me, I'm holding my gaze much closer to my body. Yeah, Stabilization is you know? a big deal. Yeah, it's, and I'm, yeah. I'm looking three to five feet ahead instead of 10 to 20 feet ahead, yeah. you know, on, on really rocky, rooty stuff. And you were saying you, you hurt your chest? Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> next morning I woke up and my right pec was 
sore. It was even that night, I think, where you're like, my oh, chest is that night? damn jacked up. Yep. Because we thought the back. There was a stumble where, during there the were, race, where he's like, my back is screwed. Yeah, there are only yeah. two. I didn't fall, which is pretty wow, 70 surprising miles. for me. It was awesome. Yeah, there was yeah. no falls. It, it's actually miles. a relatively technical course. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of runnable miles, but there, it's a, I would say it's above average technical course. Um, I did not fall, which is rare for me. Um, but I took two significant stumbles, and the second one was with Mike, and I said at the time, like, ow. You know, I felt the spasm down my back ah. as I was trying to, like, catch myself on this stumble not, and not do a face plant. And I hate that. I yeah. feel like sometimes <laughs> you should just fall. Yeah, like, maybe. Because you pull so many muscles trying to yeah, stay up. You're running downhill. There's rocks ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so anyway, I didn't fall. And I complained about my back. But the next, that night or maybe the next morning, I, soreness was in the opposite side in my upper right chest. And it's been a problem all week, which I can't really explain. Hopefully it'll go away. It seems to be getting better. So Laurel Highlands is in the bag. Yeah. Well done. Yep. It's behind you. Yep. You've had a week relaxing, yep. chilling in the sun. Now what? Now it's time to finish recovery and then get ready for uh, Twisted Branch. Uh, I figured I planned on two weeks of recovery um, of, like, real almost nothing recovery and I did one week of not at all running I'll probably try to run a little bit this week and then another couple weeks of moderate running and probably I don't I have to look at the calendar but pick it up I think it'll not be like a four week solid hard block before you know where I'm hitting 70 miles a week or something like that um before Mr. Branch. To talk about ultra running and PA and, you know, what's next, there's some things to go back to, and it's like, <laughs> there's some, the beer and the burrito situation at Laurel. <laughs> yes, well, let's and, not uh, What do you want, that. you know, you finish 70 miles, and you're in this small town, and you're like, what's important? What, you know, the, the things that are important in life, and it's like, you got a wife and kid at home, that's something... It's kind of a thing, but then you want a burrito, and you want some decent beer. We drank the decent beer at the finish. There were some beans and rice at the finish, whatever. And then you get back to this town, and you Those were okay, but... They were okay. They, you know, was, I, I ate just, one bowl, it was fine, and, and I and tried to eat a little bit more, yeah. and I couldn't eat it at the time. Yeah, so it, it turned into Taco Bell. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, we, we can stomach this, oh, but let's get a good Jesus. beer, because... Why not? You know, 70 miles is... And this is more like, you know, my failure of planning. I should have brought a six-pack or something elaborate. But I end up at Applebee's. And I go to the bar, and I'm like, can you guys sell me beer to go? And they're like, yeah. Yingling. So I have a six-pack of Yingling cans, which I ended up going home with because... I think, you know, I, I think I have to just fall asleep. <laughs> Jamie was just like, hey, I'm going to bed. And I was like, okay, here's your burrito. And your rice. But, you know, the burritos and beer, that's an important thing. And, it, like, it really, you know, as a crew pacer, like, experience now, I know better. 
than to expect a town to have. You can never count on any given township to have a good supply of anything. Particularly in Pennsylvania. In PA, where the nearest good beer is at a beer store that closed at 8. So, live and learn. Ohio, we got some breweries. Planning and, and planning and forethought. Yeah. Ohio, I think, will be all right. Ohio's going to be yeah. okay. It's going to be hot. Great, Great Lakes will take care of us in Ohio. Don't worry, Mike. I won't fuck that up. I'll, I'll be going so <laughs> slow that Jamie can drink while he's pacing me, <laughs> and everything will be okay. Yeah, sorry I skipped over burritos and beer. Don't, no, I don't. I don't ever plan to do that. I expect to be the first bullet point in any presentation, but. Um. Well, you know the 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 interesting thing is really like. Again, this is such a low key race. We didn't talk about, like, was there a before party? Was there a briefing? Was there an after party? Was there a celebration? Like, we talked about the campground. You know, and I think that it's it's just a really low key race. That's yeah. that's what it is. So if you're gonna run this race, make sure your pacer knows to bring friggin' burritos, right? Yeah. Because I mean, point to point, right? Like the before party was at the end. It's like, right? We didn't go to the party because it was at the finish. It's yeah, bur- there was a briefing river. and a dinner. A an hour and a, an hour. And yeah, a half. Burning but River. It's, the, but it's the seventy pack miles of, away. Pick a pickup at Burning River is a hundred miles from the start. I'm so happy that Scott has figured out a way to make all these things easy for us for Twisted Branch. At least for genius. those of us in Rochester. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, there'll be race day for those not in right. Rochester. But I mean that point to points are are hard. That's true. Yeah. I mean for Burning River, point to points a hundred miles away. Yeah. <laughs> like and seventy miles on the trails on this course is probably a hundred miles. Yeah, it's a hundred miles yeah. road. Yeah, we. I mean we did some math while we were on Garmin or Google Maps, taking directions. That's, yeah, it's a big jump. So. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's amazing that you can talk about 14 hours of running in an hour and 15 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. The running I mean, was much harder, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, blocked, I've blocked most of it out. <laughs> well, there you have it. That, that about wraps it up, as the saying goes. I didn't like seeing old Jamie drop back to fifth, but then again, I happen to know he has some pretty good performances ahead of him. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, uh, keep sending in the feedback. I'm really enjoying that, and it's. I hopefully, uh, I hope that you're seeing things are getting a little bit better around here. Um, feel free to subscribe on iTunes. That way, you'll get the show immediately. Um, if you'd like, you can subscribe to the newsletter on the website. Uh, if you do subscribe to the newsletter, you will get an email immediately when the show is released containing all the show notes and a download link. So that's the, uh, that's the ticket to get it the fastest. Um, but that's it for episode three.